Market View on Money FM 89.3. A very busy start to the month of November and just coming hours after the Central Bank of uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia's own policy decision earlier this morning, we are shifting our focus to the Federal Reserve, arguably the most important of the policy decisions this week, and many are expecting that the Fed may indeed lay out plans to begin tapering their generous monetary support extended during the COVID-19 pandemic. Could this lead to more market volatility in the coming weeks if uh, if uh, plans to taper some of the generous support for central banks across the world continues to ramp up? Well, today on Money FM 89.3, we're joined by Mr. Nikolaj Schmidt, who's the Chief International Economist at Hero Price. He joins us all the way from London, England today to help us preview the Fed's upcoming decision and what's at stake for markets, especially in terms of volatility. Mr. Schmidt, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and good health during these times. And welcome to the show, sir. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So awesome. Mr. Schmidt, you know, this latest period of easier monetary conditions may indeed be coming to an end. We heard earlier today from the Reserve Bank of Australia that they might expect a, a, a sooner than expected rate hike. They've also not defended the yield control targets. However, the focus now, of course, is shifting towards the Fed. This coming Thursday morning, Singapore time or Wednesday, your time, is the Fed indeed going to begin tapering their generous levels of monetary support? And if so, how quickly do you think the tapering might actually start? So uh, I think the Fed this time around has been extremely clear in its communication. and I think they've all but pre-announced what they're going to do on the tapering side. So uh, they, I think they've told us that they're going to announce tapering in the upcoming meeting. I think they have told us that they will set the pace of tapering such that they will end by mid-22. So that takes to roughly $15 billion of tapering per month, split evenly between treasuries and mortgages. Um, and I think sort of from the market's perspective, this is sort of very widely expected as a broad consensus around this. Uh, so, so this in itself should not be a big surprise. Uh, I do think we should look out for what the Fed is going to tell us about uh, their view on inflation. Um, and from that, we may be able to deduct how they're thinking about rate hikes. So I think the focus is really shifting from the tapering or has already shifted from the tapering, which seems to be a done deal to what's going to happen on the rate side. Yeah, uh, that's a very interesting point you bring up there, Mr. Schmidt, because uh, there is a concern that inflation might not be as transitory as we thought and that maybe policymakers are taking it a little bit too lightly. In your opinion, do you think that central bankers, not just at the Fed, but across the world, might be taking inflation a little too lightly because we've seen months now of rising inflation and expectations that will remain so until the middle of next year? What are your thoughts, sir? So central bankers have a very difficult problem on their hands, I think. Uh, some of the inflation is indeed transitory, as they say. You know, we look at the U.S. and see car prices being up by 30 40% in level terms, right? So today you're paying 30% more for a used car, 30 to 40% more for a used car than you did, say, 12 to 18 months ago. That seems, that seems something relatively temporary and something that is likely to reverse once we get all production back online. Then, but there are also some forces under the surface uh, that are going to be a little bit more permanent. And again, we're focused on the Fed, so we look to the U.S., and, and you know, we, we are seeing the service inflation is going to start to rise. And it's been very well behaved up until now. It will start to rise because uh, housing rents are going up, and they're going up because there's pressure on the housing markets. And that looks to be something a little bit more permanent. But if you sat in the central banker seat, I think, I think there are two questions you ask yourself is, number one, what kind of a mistake do I want to make here? And, and we sort of decided we would probably rather make the mistake of being a little bit too dovish and hike a little bit more aggressively later on. And, and I think that is broadly right. 
and the second thing, which I think is sort of probably a broad misconception when we talk about temporary, we're thinking about this in calendar time. And, and really, I think if you're a central banker, when you say something is temporary, you say this is something that's going to move, but I shouldn't use monetary policy as a tool to control the price move here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can move over three weeks, three months, you know, 18 months, 24 months. If it's deemed temporary, this is something that monetary policy shouldn't respond to. It's not really a concept that operates in calendar time. Indeed. You know, Mr. Schmidt, we've also seen signs of volatility starting to take higher in the previous two months, in part because of all of this angst over uh, monetary uh, tightening or tapering. Uh, We've also seen it start to really be more prevalent in the bond markets in recent weeks as well. So how much more volatility might there be should things start to get tighter, not just from the Fed, but other major central banks in the world? So, so this is a very good question, and, and I think we need to cut on that a little bit wider when we're thinking sure. about the volatility. So I think it's a, it's a combination of forces, right? So I think you're correctly pinpointing monetary policy is tiptoeing towards uh, tightening, right? We're seeing that across the world, and we're going to see that at, at the Fed as well. And indeed, with communication, have already moved. Um, but we need to think about the context. So what's the context? Well, the context is the world where, where, where growth is not particularly impressive. China is living through a, a policy internet slowing. We have some frictions from supply chains. Uh, we have some frictions from rising commodity prices, energy prices, which particularly will hit Europe, right? Then we're having, in the U.S., they're venturing into what we're going away from what has been a very big fiscal tailwind into what is likely to be a, a pretty meaningful fiscal headwind over the coming sort of months and probably quarters, right? So, so I think it's a combination that we're seeing some tightening in monetary policy, some tightening in, in fiscal policy in, in, in the U.S., and growth slowing at the same time. So I think this is the cocktail we need to be, be cognizant and aware of. And I think this is a drive of volatility. And in my view, volatility is set to increase. But importantly, the context here, what's the context? Well, I think we're still relatively early in the business cycle. So if you are sort of a, a, a 12-month investor, you probably want to shift your focus to the business cycle, but be aware that there's going to be volatility in, in the near term as we digest this monetary tightening amid a backdrop which is, you know, not too agreeable for monetary tightening. Let's uh, stay on that point you mentioned about uh, about possible fiscal tightening, actually. Um, this is something you've, you've also highlighted. The U.S. Treasury could also embark on their period of tightening. Just how might uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and her and her uh, office might do do this tightening on the part of the Treasury? And can we contrast that also uh, to the Biden administration's plans to embark on even bigger stimulus spending for their infrastructure and social programs in the U.S.? Yeah. So on your on your first point, I think I think there are two things to be aware of. So number one is sort of what's happening to, to sort of the fiscal impulse, right? And, and the fiscal impulse, what we're seeing today is, is a lot of the pandemic-related support is rolling off. So we've had the enhanced unemployment benefits expire. Um, we've had the checks have all been turned out, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of the stimulus that was put in place to deal with the pandemic, that has expired by now. And this is sort of slowly finding its way through to the economy because households have, have big savings and and, you know, initially when your income stopped rolling in at the same pace as it did before you start to, to reduce your savings. And once that has happened, you, you start to, to adjust your consumption, right? So, so we're seeing these impacts all sort of roll through the system. And, and the second point, which I think is, is probably a little bit underappreciated, is that whilst the Fed has been doing its QE, the Treasury has, has really done something that looks very similar to QE in that most of the fiscal spending we've seen over the past sort of eight months has been financed by the Treasury running down its cash account. So the, 
So the U.S. Treasury has pumped a very significant amount of cash into the economy, and this is over and above what we've seen from the Fed. And it is it is it is minis, minis, it is it is much uh, much more aggressive in terms of of the amount of money that's actually been pumped into the economy relative to the Fed. So from the Fed, we've had like 120 billion per month, whereas uh, from the U.S. Treasury, I think we've seen something of the order of 1.6 trillion over the past six months. So it has been it has been pretty aggressive. So that is coming to an end as well. So these are sort of the, the two features of tightening we're going to see from the U.S. Treasury. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Biden has an, and the Democrats in general have an expansionary agenda that will get approved. Uh, we're trying to jump through the hoops, but I think the impact in 2022 will be relatively minimal. And we're only really going to see that coming as a support for the economy as we get to late 2020 into 23. So we're going to have a gap period, if you like, where the pandemic fiscal rolls off and before sort of the Biden fiscal, uh, fiscal support sort of kicks in. Mm-hmm. A lot to really take track of uh, in the coming days and weeks as we await the Fed's much-anticipated uh, much policy decision. I'd like to thank Nikolaj Schmidt, Chief Inter- International Economist for T. Rowe Price, for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to help us outline and preview the Fed's very important upcoming decision. As always, Mr. Schmidt, I wish you and your loved and continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to the next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, and we hope you have a good Tuesday ahead of you out in London. Thank you so much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.